0: I'm gonna get my grades out of this.
1: They're not on the disk. The
0: disk. <laughs> oh my God!
1: You know, in three
0: years, I have never seen you use your computer. It's your dirty little secret, isn't it?
1: You're a physics professor who's computer illiterate. <laughs> I am not.
0: Hey-o. Welcome back to Thank Fucking God. It's Friday. I'm Drew. And I'm Katie. And today we're going to talk about a show that had three of the main characters from Breaking Bad in it in the same season.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. We were talking about Third Rock from the Sun... And in 1999, Brian Cranston, Aaron Paul, and Bob Odenkirk were all uh, guests on separate episodes.
1: Oh. I was trying to think who the main characters were, but I guess those ones make sense. I haven't seen all of Breaking Bad. I know you hate me for it.
0: I do. Not even just annoyed. It's full <laughs> <blunt> on hatred.
1: <laughs> I've seen most of it. I've seen, I think, everything other than the last season,
0: which is the best season. It, every season is better than the last season.
1: I just don't care.
0: And then Better Call Saul is so good, too.
1: (laughs) Haven't seen any of that. Oh, you gotta watch
0: it. But anyways, on on Third Rock, Brian Cranston played a Neil Diamond impersonator. Aaron Paul was a nameless student who announced that Tommy and Alyssa were prom king and queen. And Bob Odenkirk played Gary the insurance agent. Nice. So they were all on it.
1: (laughs) And you said this wasn't a show you really watched.
0: No, not really. I remember it being on TV and I remember it was like, I think they're aliens. And I feel like I remember watching it sometimes when I was younger and I was like, man, there's a lot of sex jokes in this show.
1: Oh, there are for sure.
0: And I think that's probably why it wasn't on because we were, you know, me and my sister were younger at the time. I don't know.
1: One of the memories I have about Third Rock from the Sun was that my sister didn't understand the name of the show until it, like, suddenly hit her. And she was like, oh, I get it. Third Rock from the Sun. It's Earth.
0: How old was she?
1: Let's see. When it started, I was 10. So I don't know at what point this was. I feel like it had been on for at least, like, two seasons. So she was probably, like, nine, maybe.
0: Okay. I mean, that's fair. At that point, <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, she was 15. We didn't understand.
1: You know, it's entirely possible that she was older. I might be giving her some leeway because I just don't remember at what point it was. But yeah,
0: what are you going to do? <laughs> I definitely don't remember watching the show. Like, it, w- it wasn't something I would have been like, I want to watch cartoons instead. And I don't know what time it was on or anything like that, but it just wasn't something that like I went to, I sought out to watch.
1: Well, should I get into some of the details about the show? Yeah, go for it. So, Third Rock from the Sun was a sitcom. It aired on NBC for six seasons from January 6th, 1996 through May 22nd, 2001. And, yeah, it was a group of four aliens. They arrived on Earth with the mission of trying to understand humans. And they actually deemed humans insignificant to their more superior race. But for some reason, they go to Ohio, Rutherford, Ohio.
0: That's why they figured everyone was horrible.
1: (laughs) And try to integrate into society as the Solomon family.
0: So my first question for you, then, were they aliens who looked like humans or was this a disguise?
1: It was a disguise. So the aliens, they were actually like gender neutral on their home planet. They didn't have a difference between like male and female. I'm not really sure how it all worked. But yeah, these were their disguises.
0: Well, then all of like the the flirting and like boyfriend girlfriend scenes and everything make no sense then.
1: That is Sally like playing up the role. So, okay, we'll we'll start and describe the characters. So first, we have Dick, played by John Lithgow. He's the mission's high commander, and he becomes a physics professor at Pendleton University. And he's very hung up on the idea of love and sex, relationships, and particularly with his office mate, Dr. Mary Albright, who is played by Jane Curtin from Saturday Night Live. And mm-hmm. she's an anthropologist. So it's kind of interesting that they are doing anthropology for the most part. And the person that he butts heads with slash loves is an anthropologist. Fair enough. So, from a lot of the series, they have a love hate relationship, but she's pretty pivotal in his understanding of what it is to be human, so to speak.
0: Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed their scenes together. It was, I feel like they had good comedic energy between them or something?
1: Yeah. So then we have Tommy. He's played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt and he's the information officer and actually the oldest alien in the group, but Mm -hmm. he's forced to be a teenager on earth. So as the information officer, he's meant to gather information about the humans, primarily from like TV shows and movies. And he's often... The one who has to explain the odd behavior of his family, especially when, like, his girlfriends are around and they're just like, what the hell is going on? And then we have Sally, who's played by Kristen Johnson. She's the security officer. And like I was saying, the species doesn't have different genders back on their home planet. And at first, she doesn't like having to play the part of the woman. And she eventually gets very into it, basically using her feminine wiles to get what she wants from men, flirting with them, and definitely gets very used to playing the part. I mean, a stereotypical part of a woman, obviously, but yeah.
0: So like Dick, Sally, Harry, Tommy, these aren't their actual names, right?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Oh, I get it. They're Tom, Dick, and Harry. (laughs) That just clicked right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so speaking of Harry, Harry is played by French Stewart, and his character is just kind of along for the ride. Apparently they like just had an extra seat in the spaceship, and he's an idiot with no discernible role in the mission until they discover that he actually has a chip implanted in his head that acts as a transmitter to the quote-unquote big giant head, which is their boss.
0: Which is... Isn't that, um, oh, don't tell me, because I remember this part, actually. I remember an episode of this. Isn't it Captain Kirk? Why can't I think of his name?
1: Yeah. I mean, I assume. I don't actually know Star Trek characters, but it's William Shatner.
0: Shatner. God, I could not think of William Shatner's name. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the big giant head, it's literally a big giant head, and he talks through Harry when they're on Earth, and Basically, Harry will, like, go into a catatonic state, and when the transmission is over, then he sneezes, and he doesn't know what's going on. He's like, what did I miss? But when the big giant head eventually comes to Earth, he's played by William Shatner. I don't think he voices the big giant head prior to that. I think he just plays him in his human form.
0: Okay. Did you ever see Alita Battle Angel? No. Basically, that's what happens in that movie, is there's, like, a guy... Who's actually played by Ed Norton. You don't find that out to like the last second of the movie, literally, who he like talks through people because he just controls them and takes over. And then they're done like, oh, what?
1: Oh, Where am I? <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then most of the episodes have the word Dick in the name in reference to the character. And a lot of the time they're double entendres like, shall we Dick or will work for Dick.
0: I mean, I guess that's a way to get around uh, censorship <laughs> issues.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of them were probably pretty neutral and innocent. I think there's actually one that might be what you just said, Tom, Dick, and Harry. I think that might be one of the names. A lot of them were definitely references.
0: Okay. So, get <laughs> a couple questions. First of all, what's up with French Stewart's uh, squinting?
1: I don't know. I think that's just a character trait of his.
0: God, Like, I assumed that he just looked like that in life. And then I saw him, you know, not as that character. And I was like, oh, no, he just squints the entire time they're on the show.
1: I mean, his eyes are pretty squinty anyway. I guess. But they're definitely exaggerated on the show. And he uses, he'll like purposely like close them more when he's concentrating and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So they're aliens. They're sent to assess the humans, right? Or just like see if we're a threat or something.
1: I think they're just studying us in order to understand. I don't know. That was all I could get from my research. I couldn't tell what the purpose of it was.
0: How are they so advanced and yet they're so dumb? (laughs) Like it seemed like, oh, they've studied other cultures and other species and other things. They'd be like, well, you wouldn't think that humans would be the one. They're like, oh, this, this is what's stumping us.
1: Well, maybe humanity is so dumbed down for them that they can't even comprehend. (laughs)
0: Like if we're trying to study ants or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So when you were younger and you were watching like shows like this or anything. Yep. Did you ever think or were you ever wondering, like, is somebody that I know an alien?
1: I didn't think that, but I definitely had a very long running thought in my head that aliens were watching us like TV.
0: Like we were a TV show that they just like were filming or something at all times?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of more how you envision Santa Claus, right? Like Santa Claus can quote unquote watch you.
0: Yeah, because he's a perv.
1: <laughs> or like, I don't know. I was picturing them not using like a crystal ball, but that kind of thing. Like watching us on a TV and they could like tune in to whoever they wanted, that kind of
0: Oh, so like they could literally watch any human being on Earth.
1: Yes. And then sometimes I would like play it up for the aliens.
0: Play it up how?
1: Just like, you know, be more entertaining. I don't remember what specifically I did. I just remember thinking, oh, I need to do something entertaining in case there's aliens watching.
0: I never thought like aliens or anything like that. But I definitely was. I let a friend of mine convince me that his brother was uh, a murderer who was, like, on the loose. And he told me, he's like, yeah, he just, like, hides out in people's basements behind their washing machines and stuff. And so to this day, I'm just terrified going down into basements and, like, going by the washing machine because I think that (laughs) his brother, who – he doesn't even have a brother. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. He just made up a person, and I believed it.
1: Nice. (laughs) Uh,
0: But nothing, nothing with aliens – But I always did have like, you know, you'd have like those daydreams. where You just imagine yourself in a different life or a different thing where I'd be like a, a, a spy or something trying to learn about people kind of the way that they were. But that was probably the closest.
1: Yeah. Every once in a while, I also had like the Truman Show thought.
0: Yeah, I definitely had that or that I was adopted and that no one was telling me.
1: Oh, we said that to my sister all the time.
0: Did she believe it? Why would she She look at you two? You two look the exact same. She'd be like, well, if I'm adopted, so are you.
1: She did believe it. And I think this even came up like maybe a month or two ago. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I can't remember why, but we were definitely talking about it. I think we were talking about the Ancestry DNA test.
0: Okay. I remember hearing stories of people who'd be like, oh, well, someone so had a kid, but they couldn't like afford to raise the kids they had the aunt raise the kid and pretend like the aunt was the mom and the mom was the aunt and all this stuff and so I also had like this thought in my head like what if I'm my aunt's kid and my mom is my aunt and my aunt is my mom (laughs) oh wow I had a lot of free time so uh I looked up a couple reviews for the show both Original reviews, like from the critics when it first came on, and then a couple on IMDb of just people who have been watching it recently and reviewed it.
1: I'm a little and, nervous. And, <laughs>
0: you know, it's it's mixed. Like, first of all, the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is much lower than the audience score.
1: That makes sense.
0: The critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is 42%. The audience score is 80%.
1: Wow. Add those together and it's 100. Oh. Never mind. I was thinking
0: nope. 20%. <laughs> yep. It is not. <laughs> oh, goodness. Looking at the season one reviews, there's they have a bunch of them just like little clips and like there's some nice ones like, Intelligently written. Well acted. Third Rock generates lots of laughs as viewers look at humanity through an alien's unique point of view. Four out of five. Um, but then there's some great negative ones like this one from the Deseret News in Salt Lake City. Sadly, Lithgow one of our finer actors, is often reduced to over-the-top, scenery-chewing histrionics in Third Rock. If he isn't embarrassed by the show and his performance in it, he ought to be.
1: Yeah, I don't agree with that. I think he's pretty funny on the show.
0: Right? It's great. But one of my favorite ones is from the Baltimore Sun. This was published January 9th, 1996. The third, no, the fourth paragraph, and it just goes, for instance, what were John Lithgow and Jane Curtin thinking? These two talented people who bring far more to Third Rock than it deserves. Are they really, are times really so bad that they need to do this sort of slumming?
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Right? For another instance, have producers Marcy Carcy and Tom Werner run out of ideas? These are the same people responsible for Roseanne, Sybil, and Grace Under Fire, three series that have been among the best on television. Any resemblance between them and Third Rock would be hard to find.
1: They got to branch out, got to try new things can't just keep watching the same shows over and over. I mean, I say as I'm watching The Office for the third time through in like two weeks, but.
0: If aliens were to come right now, they'd be like, we got to blow that fucking planet up.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah. The show
0: wouldn't work right now with the current world situation.
1: They would be thinking that they're doing us a service or something like quarantining the rest of the universe from us.
0: Right? Like, this is a virus. This species, we need to, like, they've destroyed their planet so fast. They all hate each other for no reason. Why are we trying to learn about them?
1: Well, I was thinking about the literal virus right now the coronavirus. Oh, yeah, that
0: too. (laughs) Well, we don't know if aliens can contract it or not.
1: It's true, but we know cats can.
0: That's why Kaya will never leave the house again. (laughs)
1: Luckily, Ellie can't, although she acts like a cat.
0: Ellie does. And Kaya acts like a dog sometimes. <laughs> she just like greets you when you come to the door. She like comes meowing over to the door. like
1: Meow, meow. That's true.
0: Um, anyway, I also went to IMDB. And while it may not be a critical review, I did want to look up some reviews of people who had just like watched the show recently. And specifically, I wanted to see the people who didn't like it. Because the ones that are like good reviews are boring. This one is from October of 2019. It is the, the IMDb users only review that's on IMDb. So interesting show to choose for your one and only review that you've done.
1: They felt strongly.
0: Uh, the title of their review is I Just Don't Get It. It could be the fact that maybe I'm too young to understand the humor or I'm biased because of how much I hate laugh tracks, but I don't get the hype. Practically all the reviews from Third Dark from the Sun are glowing raving about how amazingly hilarious the show is, and I absolutely hated it. Maybe it gets better after a couple of episodes. I just finished the second, and I couldn't suffer through any more. But the show just wasn't funny to me. I don't find any characters to be likable, and most of the humor is just complaining about how horrible women are. And while I'd say it's due to the fact that, yeah, times have changed, and humor's different, even now, people still love it. I've looked online for just one well-written bad review of the show, and I could not find anything, well, they did not look far because we found a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have to try it in a couple of years again when I'm slightly older and I guess more mature. Maybe then I'll find some sort of redeeming quality in Third Rock from the Sun.
1: I wonder how old they are.
0: Me too, because that's like kind of how I felt when I was younger. Watching this, I like I was like, oh, I just I feel like there's less sex jokes and I don't feel comfortable watching that as like a, a 10-year-old with my parents.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Maybe they're like. 14 or 13 or something, but it doesn't sound like a review from somebody who's that young.
0: Right. Like it's very, it's well-written, right? And it's, and it's all grammatically correct. So,
1: <laughs> Or maybe they just think that they're very young as compared to people who watched this when it was actually on TV. I don't know.
0: They're young at heart. <laughs> Most of the reviews, no matter what though, praise John Lithgow. Um, and Jane Curtin more than anyone else. And the thing for me when I saw, it, I forgot that Jane Curtin was on this. And what I mostly remember her from as a child was the Coneheads.
1: Yeah, I didn't ever see the Coneheads, but my dad had a Conehead thing that he would bring out at like Halloween.
0: We we would watch the Coneheads a lot actually whenever it was on TV because I think me and my sister just thought it was hilarious. But I always remember the scene at the end when he's like in the – you said you haven't seen no. it? There's like a scene at the end where he's back on his home planet and he's in like this maze with like a minotaur or a rancor or something of that type. Mm-hmm. And he beats it by hitting a, a, a stone at it like it's a golf ball, something he learned on earth. And he's like singing – uh Oh, God, what is he singing? He's like, sometimes I feel I got to eh, eh, run away. And yeah. He keeps singing it, and everyone's like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> it's a ridiculous movie.
1: I thought you were going to say that he sings the song from Caddyshack.
0: That'd be funny, actually.
1: <laughs> I should have been a writer for the show or for the movie.
0: Clearly. <laughs> Speaking of writers, the creators of the show were a husband and wife team, Bonnie and Terry Turner. And they were also known for creating That 70s Show. They were staff writers for Saturday Night Live. And they were also authors or screenwriters on Coneheads, uh, Wayne's World 1 and 2, Tommy Boy, and the Brady Bunch movie.
1: Well, I love That 70s Show. I, like I said, haven't seen Coneheads. What were the other ones you said?
0: Wayne's World 1 and 2.
1: I have seen Wayne's World 1.
0: Okay. Tommy Boy. Nope. And the Brady Bunch movie.
1: I have seen that. Yes.
0: I actually really like the Brady Bunch movie. It's pretty good. I think I feel like it makes fun of the Brady Bunch.
1: Totally, cuz they're oblivious.
0: <laughs> yeah. We should do that one actually.
1: Yeah. <laughs> should we get into the first episode?
0: Yeah, I watched the wrong episode first. We we actually started recording a day ago, and Katie's like, "You and I didn't watch the same episode." When <laughs> I started going into the review, I'll go in. I'll I'll go in depth about the one that we actually watched, but the one that I watched was called "Assault with a Deadly Dick," and Dick basically gets mugged while he's trying to withdraw money because he like he literally turns around and he's like, "Look it, I've got four hundred dollars out of here," and he shows it to the guy behind him, and then he wonders why he gets mugged. And that's like literally the premise of the whole thing. (laughs) But I did like that one because Joseph Gordon-Levitt tries out for the basketball team and is horrible. And Wayne Knight is in the show. And for those who don't know who Wayne Knight is, he's Newman on uh, Seinfeld. Yeah. That was a good episode. I actually really like that one.
1: He plays Sally's love interest for most of the show, I think. But he wasn't in either of the episodes that we watched for this. Just the one that Drew watched on his own. Overachiever.
0: Well, he's an incredibly unprofessional policeman. I'll say that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, one of my favorite things, though, that I noticed from that one that I just had to bring up was that at the police station, they had a drawer that looks super sketchy and it just says fresh candy on it.
1: (laughs) Fresh candy? And I really want to know
0: more about it. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, that's the one I accidentally watched.
1: (laughs) Well, the one that you were supposed to watch was Dick Like Me, which is from season one. It's episode 16. And it aired April 23rd, 1996. So, do you want to give this your minute synopsis?
0: I will do my best.
1: Pretty sure that you watched the first, the right one this time?
0: Oh, we'll find out soon enough.
1: <laughs> All right. Three, two, one.
0: Okay. So, Dick and Sally are at a parent teacher conference, it looks like. And the teacher is not there for some reason because apparently he's inappropriate, which we find out yes, he's very inappropriate. Not at, He's going to get fired. That's what I took away from this episode more than anything else. (laughs) Uh, The teacher, whose name I forget, and Sally are smitten with each other. Um, He invites her to a dance. She can't dance. Harry can dance, apparently, because why not? And he makes fun of Sally for not being able to dance. The entire episode, Tommy is trying to figure out what they are racially, uh, their background, because the kids at school are making fun of him for not knowing what he is. So Dick spends the rest of the episode trying to figure out what they are. And over the course of it, Tommy is Samoan, Korean, black, uh, a bunch of things. And eventually they settle on they are Jewish. uh, And hooray, we're still minorities. And it's all super inappropriate for most of the episode.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And that is a minute. I
0: feel like I hit the main points. No,
1: you, you did a good job. You're better at these than I am. That's for sure.
0: It's because I forgot most of the stuff usually. (laughs) First thing, though, before anything else, did you know the Scrubs connection from this episode? No. Okay. So in the scene where Dick is asking all of his students what they are, which he's fired that day. (laughs) Let's just bring that up. He's like, what are you? Are there any Puerto Ricans? Anyone Puerto Rican? Which I was like, oh boy, he's gonna get fired. Um, There's one guy, Pittman, who says something and then he's like, don't worry, I'll go, I'll, I'll, we'll be going to Asian soon enough. And it's (laughs) clear like this guy's not Asian, he's white. Do you know which guy I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. Pittman is in an episode of Scrubs as a guy who Elliot is his doctor. He is there because he has an erection that won't go away. All right. And he ends up telling like the story of how like the grandmother, like, accidentally fell onto his lap while he's at like meeting his girlfriend's parents and family for the first time. And he didn't realize they were going to be there. And he had taken like a pill and he was trying to be like sexy or whatnot. And then like her whole family was there and (laughs) Elliot ends up laughing hysterically at him.
1: I I don't recall that. I mean, I kind of remember the erection part, but I don't remember the whole thing.
0: Yeah. That was a good one. (laughs) Uh, so that was the Scrubs guy. I saw him, and I was like, "I know that guy." What do I know that guy from? And so, like, I just I paused it at that point actually, and I was like, just on his face because I was determined to remember it. And I was like, "It's Scrubs, of course it is."
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that I really liked about this episode, and is also pretty nineties, is when Sally comes in with a boombox and is going up to Harry asking if he can dance. And he says, I have no idea, but I'll try. Why, yes, I can. It appears I'm quite good. And I actually literally laughed out loud at that part. Can you dance? Hmm. Well, yeah, I have no idea, but I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) Why, yes, I can. (laughs) It appears I'm quite good.
0: (laughs) I I did not. But it... (laughs) I get why you did like (laughs) French Stewart's ridiculous in general. And I feel like just the way he looks and acts makes every piece of physical comedy better.
1: Yeah. It was actually the words that he was saying that were better than the physical like dancing for me. It was the way he said it. I don't know. Okay.
0: But yeah, Sally can't dance. No. At all. At all.
1: I can't dance, but I think I can dance better than her.
0: Oh, yeah. I feel like I could say with certainty that you can dance better than her. <laughs> my first thing I want to know about, or one, one of my things I want to know more about here is this teacher. Do you have his name written down?
1: The character's name? Yeah. No.
0: Doesn't matter. He's going to get fired. <laughs> he is openly like flirting with and then kissing one of his students' relatives at a school dance. And they're like, <laughs> when she turns around, like grinds on him at one point.
1: I feel like that was something that happened on '90s TV shows a lot.
0: I guess, but I'm just thinking, like, if I would, if I were to just bring a date of a kid's family member to a dance, and then like, I gotta kiss you right now, I'm gonna explode. <laughs> uh, and then they had like a volcano eruption as the cutscene. Yeah, yeah, after that, I was like, okay,
1: <laughs> subtle. I just remember different things, like I think on Full House, Danny dated somebody's teacher, and maybe they didn't go to a dance, but. I think there were a lot of parents dating teachers on the shows in the 90s.
0: I guess. Maybe they were just like fetishizing teachers for some reason. (laughs) But that teacher, no, he just seemed like a shitty teacher. Yeah. (laughs) He immediately forgot what he was talking about with Tommy.
1: About how he doesn't fit in. He was trying to bring up a good point that Tommy, you know, isn't fitting in with his peers and they should talk to him about it or something. And instead just was like... Ooh, Sally.
0: Oh my gosh. What else you got?
1: So you kind of referenced a similar scene earlier when Dick is talking to his students, but the one where he's talking to Nina and she's wearing like a traditional headdress and he's basically like, what are you? And she's like, in case you haven't noticed, I'm black. And then that spurs a whole conversation about you know, their ethnicity is what Dr. Albright is. She says, could I be any whiter? And he asks, what he might be. And I think she says certifiable and he's like certifiable and damn proud of it.
0: My father was certifiable and his father before (laughs) him was certifiable. Yeah. (laughs) At the end, kind of playing off this stuff. And uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing the blues and he's like, I'm, I'm being black now. And Dick's like, I don't think you can be black. Nina's black. And it seems like they have very strict rules.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm black now. And I've got the blues.
0: Like, yeah. Josie were in love with Samoan, Korean and black. And he just didn't know how to be any of them.
1: Did you like when they were Italian?
0: It, my note under that part just said, this seems vaguely racist.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're all wearing like, well, Dick is wearing a white suit and playing a mandolin And then they're wearing like very traditional Italian outfits. Like if you were to go to a stereotypical over the top Italian restaurant, that's kind of what they might be wearing. But even then, it was way more. I think one of them is playing an accordion.
0: I I also put under that point, I said, so he's stalking Jane. And I put, why does it seem like this is working on
1: her? (laughs) I like how you call her Jane instead of Mary.
0: Yeah. All my notes say Jane.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But he does that. They dress as Italians because he asked her what ethnicity she thinks is the sexiest. And she says, Italians, sexy, swarthy, got to love them. So this is kind of his ploy to get her.
0: And it seemed like it was working until then. She's like, no, leave. But for a minute, she's like swooning. (laughs) Of course, she's like, oh, what? The part that I think would get him fired the most, John Lithgow's character, that is, is not asking his students what they are, which that's still probably going to get him fired. It's when he labels Nina black, like just takes a sticky note and puts black on it. Oh, right, right. Puts it on her chest. (laughs) Yep. And there's a witness. (laughs) So he's kind of screwed.
1: Yeah. And at one point, this might be the same scene. I can't remember. But Dick says, please, Nina, we're discussing prejudice here. Something you know nothing about.
0: You know, that whole episode... Like, the whole concept of, you know, race and prejudice and all that would fit in well still today, so.
1: It would fit in well, but I can't see this episode happening today.
0: Oh, it would definitely be different. There's no way that they would let somebody on the TV be like, what are you? Are there any Puerto Ricans here? Yeah. No, not a chance.
1: Yeah, I just can't see this being the same episode in today's culture, which is probably a good thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. If it was done today... They would probably have like something like he would be doing a 23 and me or something like that.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. There's not as much to do with a DNA test as there is blatantly asking people what they are or what they think he is. But I think that's totally what would happen.
0: I think that they could do something because they maybe they do the DNA test like right at the beginning and then they get the results, you know, kind of in the second act of it. And is like, who knows what would show up on their DNA test. Yeah. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt would take like each of the top things that they are and trying to be them maybe a little bit. And so that kind of way.
1: Well, at the end of the episode, their landlady, whose name I didn't write down, but she's in basically the whole series. And she's also from Saturday Night Live. She basically says that Oh, she's telling them about like her ex-husbands, I think, and was like, the second one was one of your people. And they're like, what? Our people? Who are our people? And she's like, Jewish. With your name, it was pretty obvious, but their name, Solomon, they just got from the side of a van. And the second was that one of your people. (laughs) (laughs) Our people? Yeah, well, you know, Jewish.
0: Yeah. And Joseph Gordon Law goes, Jewish, still a minority. Chicks dig minorities. Yeah. (laughs) You want to rate the episode?
1: Yeah. So I can go first. This is one that I think had a lot of funny moments, like we were saying, couldn't happen the same way today. I think you had some good ideas of how they could do it. But I still found parts of it funny, not as funny as the one that we'll talk about next, which. Is one of my favorite ones, but it was still entertaining. And I think it was a good example of what they did in the first season where they were really learning about humans and humanity. And so that was part of the reason why I picked it. But I will give this one. I'll say I'll give this one three and a half mandolins out of five.
0: Okay. I feel like I'm biased because I've been in my head comparing it to the other episode that I watched, uh, Assault with a Deadly Dick. And honestly, I liked that one better. But I mean, I still thought this one was entertaining and ridiculous. And the whole dancing thing was good. And everything Joseph Gordon-Levitt did was great, actually, throughout the whole episode.
1: Very underrated actor.
0: Yeah, he's awesome in this. So I'm going to give this one three vaguely racist comments (laughs) out of five. Nice. One of the things that I saw through... Research and watching this one is that there were also some other notable students in uh, Dick's class. One of them is Leon, who is actually played by John Lithgow's son, uh, and he appears in a bunch of episodes, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's one of the students, and from what I can tell, he has the same set of students, basically, for years. (laughs) I don't know how that works, because the same students that are in that first episode we watched are again in the episode we watched later. Which is from season four.
0: <laughs> they didn't understand how college works. <laughs> but there is another student in his class, Bug, who is played by David DeLuise, who is Dom DeLuise's son. Oh. And I love Dom DeLuise most for his role of the voice of Tiger in the Fable movies.
1: <laughs> I never thought about who plays the different characters in the Fable movies.
0: I mean, come on! You got to look these things up if it's you're just Fievel. watching Fiveville. <laughs> it's just Fiveville.
1: Fiveville Goes West is the best. They're both good. I only own Fiveville Goes West, I guess.
0: I have them both on a double-sided DVD. Currently? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my My mom actually got it for me for my birthday when I was 25. Wow. <laughs> and if I had a DVD player, I'd still watch it, but I don't. So, oh well. <laughs> Before we get into the second episode, go over a couple little random things. Uh, I'd mentioned the Scrubs connection from this one, but there's some other ones from the show. Uh, Sam Lloyd, who plays Ted Buckland in Scrubs. He was in a couple episodes of Third Dark from the Sun. I didn't see who he was. I just saw that he was in it. Uh, Ed Begley Jr.
1: I was just listening to the Scrubs podcast and they were talking about Sam Lloyd and how he's Christopher Lloyd's like nephew. Yeah. I never made that connection. I thought
0: that we talked about that before.
1: I, maybe we did. I might have pushed it out of my memory.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ed Bagley Jr. in both shows. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was on Roseanne as well, where Sarah Chalk was on, who is obviously in Scrubs. So we've got so many connections going on.
1: That's reaching. Is That's it reaching
0: <laughs> six degrees of Kevin Bacon.
1: Were they on together? Like, were they on the same episode or was it when the other Becky was on? I there? don't
0: know. Didn't do enough research. <laughs> I'll just do one more little thing here. We had talked about, um, William Shatner and his role in the show. What was he big head?
1: Yeah. The big giant head.
0: Um, they actually reference a role that both William Shatner and John Lithgow played, in one of the episodes, um, Third Dark from the Sun, uh, both Lithgow and Shatner played the same role in a Twilight Zone thing called Nightmare at 20,000 Feet.
1: I saw, the, I saw the John Lithgow one. I didn't know that there were two.
0: Yeah, so Shatner was in the original 1963 episode that was about it, and then Lithgow was in the movie remake in 1983.
1: Oh, okay. We watched that in my quote-unquote creative media class in seventh grade. We watched that and like Jaws and Psycho and I can't remember what else, but I will not forget that Twilight Zone thing though. Like every time I go on a plane and I'm sitting by a wing, especially if it's at night, I like and picturing that like creature on the wing.
0: I have never seen it, but apparently in the episode Dick's Big Giant Headache um, the big giant head recounts that he had seen something on the wing of a plane during his flight and Dick's response is that the same thing happened to him. Um, so yeah. to just reference.
1: <laughs> I like that.
0: Want to get into the second one?
1: Yeah. So the next episode is why to Dick it's episode 17 from season four and it aired March 16th, 1999.
0: And I will get one minute on the clock. Are you ready? I'm ready. Three, two. One, go.
1: So this episode actually has nothing to do with the New Year NY2K. It's just about technology. So basically, Dick doesn't know how to use a computer. And he tries to figure it out. He goes to the like Best Buy, basically, and buys a computer and can't figure out how a mouse works. But eventually, he gets completely obsessed with everything. At one point, he has a VR headset. And he is basically using webcams and the internet and all this stuff. And then meanwhile, Sally and Tommy are obsessed with home media systems. They want to upgrade their TV and they buy a big screen TV, but it's never big enough. And so they basically put all of their money into this and well, not their money. They're basically unsure of how they're paying for it. And once they find out how much it does cost, they send it all back.
0: And time. Okay. I think you got everything except the end.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that whole part. (laughs) There's basically an Ebenezer Scrooge moment at the end where Dick unplugs from the computer and is like, I'm alive. I can smell you. And he plays Frisbee with some kids.
0: I think he steals their Frisbee.
1: Did you notice who that little kid was who hits him with the Frisbee? I did not. So I don't know if you ever watched Lizzie McGuire.
0: I did not. But that
1: was her little brother. Okay. And he basically pulls a line straight out of A Christmas Carol and says, what an enchanting boy.
0: Uh, See, I've never, we didn't have Disney Channel. So like I never watched any of the Disney shows really.
1: You are missing out. So many Disney Channel movies. Oh my goodness.
0: I don't know. We'll have to go into some of them.
1: (laughs) I have a feeling that a lot of them are only good if you grew up with them, though. I guess we'll find out. That's
0: how I feel about the Mary-Kate and Ashley movies, I'm sure. (laughs)
1: Love Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. It Takes
0: Two. Oh, that's what we should do. Uh
1: Uh, Love It Takes Two. (laughs) Me too. Anyway.
0: (laughs) So my first thing is from the first second of the show, pretty much, where Mary, there we go, has a beeper so that she can stay in contact with her parents at all times.
1: Yeah. My note, my very first note is Mary has a beeper exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point.
0: She has the beeper to stay in contact with him, but then just doesn't want to respond. I didn't understand how beepers worked for most of my life.
1: Yeah, I had one, but it didn't work. Like It wasn't connected to anything. My dad just like got a couple, I think. I'm not really sure of the backstory. I'm sure he'll correct me on this. But he gave my sister and I each one, and it would, like, turn on, but there was no service connected to it, so you couldn't do anything.
0: Whenever I think of beepers, I think of Hey Arnold, actually, because of Bob Pataki, Beeper King.
1: I never really watched that much Hey Arnold.
0: Doesn't Dennis Duffy, isn't Dennis Duffy Beeper King of New York as well?
1: From 30 Rock? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. God. I think of, with beepers, the Friends episode where Ross gets a beeper so that he can find out when his ex-wife is in labor. His beeper number is something about Dumbo, but people keep mistyping it and wanting Jumbo and thinking that he's, like, a sex call number. Jesus.
0: (laughs) One of the things I found ridiculous and hilarious was everything with Sally and Tommy and the TVs. Because, like... First of all, when they get their first like new TV, they're like, oh, it's got four VHS tracking and 525 lines of resolution and like all these <laughs> things. You, and it's still like that old ass TV.
1: Right. And before that, so Tommy's girlfriend is watching TV with them. And it's Larissa Olenek, who played Alex Mack on the Nickelodeon show. And they're like complaining about the TV. And she's like, why don't you guys get a new TV? And they say, new TV. Can we do that?
0: I had such a crush on on her, Larissa. How do you pronounce her name? Olenek? Olenek. Yeah, I had a huge crush on her as Alec Mack and 10 Things I Hate About You. I should have watched this.
1: So this whole new TV thing is why I loved this episode as a kid. Like every time they go and decide they need to upgrade something and they're basically like, this is a piece of crap. Take it all back. I thought it was so funny. Are you saying that these colors could be more vibrant? This looks good to me. I am saying, Tommy, that if we went digital, we'd get the most out of our bitchin' TV. <laughs> so it would really be a waste of money not to. This really looks fine. It's horrible. Back it up, This
0: piece of crap's going back. Yeah, the, it's very over the top. Also, yeah. everything that they're watching, like they're watching Leprechaun 2.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> My question during all this was, why is Alyssa putting up with all of this? Why is she still there?
1: That is a question that is relevant for all of Tommy's girlfriends. I have no idea.
0: Yeah, it's it's insane.
1: He must be a very good kisser.
0: He must have learned something, yeah, about how to do that. <laughs> Their whole side story was great. One of my favorites actually... There's a actually,
1: picture in that picture. Oh, Yes. Which picture is a very picture. 90s thing, because I don't know the last time I used picture in picture.
0: No, but I definitely remember my dad always using picture in picture, especially if like a sports game was yeah. on or something like having that in the bottom corner.
1: We use it all the time, too. Um, the I I just remember the remote had a pip button, yep. but I don't think that's a thing now. Does my TV do picture in picture? I have no idea.
0: I don't think so. I think people are like, you know what? This is a bad look. Plus, everyone has a second screen at this point. (laughs) So one of my favorite things, though, from that whole side story was when I think they were watching like Entertainment Tonight or something at the end. Yeah. And Alyssa's like, I don't care if it's Mary Steenburgen's birthday. And I was like, oh, I love Mary Steenburgen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Ted Danson.
0: Yeah. But all of the stuff that they had cost $45,000. Yeah.
1: I have no idea how that's even possible.
0: Like, how much did a DVD... I don't even think they had a DVD player. No, maybe they did. I don't know what they had, but oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they did, because didn't at the beginning they talk about VCR.
0: Right, but then maybe they upgraded to DVD.
1: Yeah, maybe. I didn't write that down, but they took back a bunch of stuff. Like, they were just upgrading. So at the very end, they had, you know, a big screen TV... Obviously some giant speakers because when they were watching entertainment tonight, it was like pushing wind towards them because right. it was so loud. And then, yeah, like a VCR DVD player. What else is there? Why would that cost $45,000? Oh my God. Pack it up. This piece of crap is going back.
0: Uh, I liked to with Dick that he was ready for the teaching situation that we're in right now a long time ago. I knew you were going to comment
1: on that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: He was ready to be a remote teacher so long ago.
1: Yep. He has the webcam, which when I was initially watching this, I was like, is that early for webcams? And then I realized this episode came out in 99 and we definitely had one at that time.
0: Well, it seems like he was also setting up to be like, um, selling himself uh, via this webcam. He said there was premium content. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So uh, he was uh, he was finding a way to make his money.
1: Yeah. All of the technology stuff with Dick was also very up my alley. They talk about modems. There's the you've got mail sound.
0: It seems unlikely, though, that these aliens wouldn't know how to use a computer.
1: Like when Dick gets the laptop and he tries to clear the screen by shaking it like an Etch-A-Sketch.
0: Oh, I've got one of these at home.
1: <laughs> and of course, that laptop is very thick. It probably has a screen barely bigger than our phones.
0: Oh, the phones now are definitely more powerful than whatever that laptop was. Well,
1: way more powerful, but I just may- meant the screen size.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, they do get DVDs. I, I did write down that they have DVDs.
0: Okay. My favorite thing about all this is that it's only been three days. Yeah. (laughs) Like he got VR. He got all that. They got all those different TV sets, all of that in the course of three days.
1: Well, with the VR headset specifically, I actually Googled this because I was like, did those exist then? And I did find one that existed in like 1998, but it didn't look anything like that.
0: Yeah, no, I can't. I can't imagine there was anything anything good going on there.
1: This one actually, in my memory, it looks pretty similar to the Oculus ones that are around now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I haven't really gotten into anything with VR, so I don't know. I know that I've I have I've never some friends, tried it. I've seen it like when I go to PAX or Comic-Con and stuff, but I've never, never tried it.
1: Actually, I guess I did try one of those cardboard ones.
0: Well, anything else that stood out to you from this episode?
1: Yes. The last thing that I'm going to say is that we talked about Sally and Tommy taking back all of their equipment. Dick does the same thing with everything that he bought, and it came to a total of $60,000.
0: Which, okay, yeah. He had a laptop, a modem, and a VR headset, presumably and a webcam. And a webcam. So, man, things uh, things cost money. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wonder how accurate those prices were. I mean, presumably the writers would have put some effort into making it realistic, but man, watching it now, thinking that it would cost over $100,000 for everything that they bought within three days, crazy.
0: Well, $0 down for, what, six months or something like that. No interest It was for no six payments months.
1: until the 4th of July. Yeah. Then how much will it cost?
0: I do remember all those commercials back in like that time, like the '90s and 2000s, like f- for like furniture or electronics, was like zero dollars down, zero interest for six months. And I was always <laughs> like, "Man, how can you buy something and you don't have to pay for it for six months?" I never understood it, but yeah. now I I get it.
1: <laughs> and it's a bad idea.
0: Oh yeah, it's horrible.
1: You live way above your means. I mean, clearly that's what they did.
0: Yep. So that was that episode. We didn't even talk about uh, the sea story of Harry trying to get pregnant.
1: Oh, I didn't even really take any notes on that. Yeah. Harry and his girlfriend, the landlady, are trying to have a baby and they've been trying for like two months or something and are seeking out fertility treatments. Yeah. (laughs) It didn't seem very relevant to everything else that was going on.
0: Nope. But yeah, let's rate it. I'll go first on this one. Uh, I liked this episode better than the other one, but I still honestly liked the the third random one better than all of them because wow. there was basketball involved in it. I don't know. And I just miss <laughs> basketball so much right now. I watched, uh, I watched an old Christmas Day game yesterday night, <laughs> but for this one, um, no, I, I definitely liked all of the ridiculousness of them going to get the TVs and just getting bigger and bigger TV sets because... I, I can remember like when my dad would get excited that they like he got a new big TV and all those things. So yeah, it that was always like the big thing. Spat so, God, that picture in picture. So ridiculous. I can't <laughs> believe that was a thing for so long. So I think I'll give this one I'm gonna give it four. Four picture in pictures out of five.
1: Nice. So I'm really going back and forth on this one. I wanna give it a higher rating, but that whole infertility storyline that totally forgot about might bring it down for me like if I were to watch it again but the fact that I didn't even need to talk about it maybe it's maybe it's fine so yeah this one was just so iconic to me it's the one episode that I think about when I think about third rock from the sun for some reason it just stuck with me that much i mean i was a little nerd back in the still day are. i mean still am So (laughs) um, everything that Dick got obsessed with, laptops and all that, that was right up my alley. The TV stuff. You mentioned your dad and that triggered a memory for me where my dad, when we got a DVD player for the first time, and it was a pretty fancy DVD player because my dad is also a nerd. He bought Jumanji on VHS and DVD so that we could compare the quality.
0: That's beautiful.
1: So this whole like you know, upgrading and trying out the technology and everything like that was it hit that sweet spot for me. So I think I am going to give this four and a half modems out of five.
0: All right. That just reminded me. I remember the first time that I watched a DVD. I was at a friend's house and they had a DVD player and we like put the DVD in and, you know, you bring it comes up like the menu. It's like, choose your scene. And so I was like, oh, DVDs are dumb. You can only watch one scene at a time. Like (laughs) I didn't understand how it worked. I thought like you had to click this scene and then you had to click the next scene and so on. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That was dumb. Nice. (laughs) I wonder if we still have that DVD player. It was pretty nice. It had this like thing that slid down and then the drawer would come out. And then when you put the drawer back in, the panel would go back up again. Fancy. It was fancy. It was a Sony.
0: Well, do you have any other things about the show?
1: I do not.
0: <laughs> I've only got one that I think we didn't cover. Two, actually. Oh, it looks like three. Man, I just can't read. Uh, one, <laughs> one of the things that was uh, well known about the show towards the end of it is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt started being on it less and less um, towards the later seasons. That's because he left the show early to go to school at Columbia. Uh, he was not sure if he was going to still be an actor or whatnot, but... Clearly, he decided to come back and just be an actor. The show itself aired on 13 different time slots.
1: Wow. That's a lot of time slots. Yeah.
0: Like, no wonder it got canceled probably before it should have. It's I, I feel like it's hard to maintain an audience that if you're changing that much.
1: Yeah, because people don't know when it's on, so they can't watch it. And this was before TiVo, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: I think we got our TiVo in like 2002 or something like that.
0: I, we didn't have a TiVo ever. I don't know. Uh, A physicist, Brian Green, wrote much of Dick's dialogue with the in relation to physics and all that stuff to
1: to, to make
0: sure that they had stuff that was like accurate.
1: Yeah, that's a good touch to have for a show like this.
0: Yeah. And finally, the season two finale, it cost one point five million to shoot the show and they spent ten million dollars on promotional budget for Barks Root Beer and Little Caesars To distribute (laughs) 3D glasses to customers to watch the episode because it was done in 3D.
1: Wow. I might vaguely remember the episode being in 3D. I don't remember anything about getting pizza or root beer.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't remember that. But that's, it seems ridiculous now, like looking back (laughs) on it.
1: That's so much money.
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Wow. So ridiculous. So much (laughs) just to get people 3D glasses. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, that's it. That's the show. It's Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah.
1: I mean, I have to say, just to kind of sum it up, I feel like this show still holds up. I think it's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I. It's probably not one that I'll go back and I'll watch off the top of my head. But like, if I were to turn on the TV and it was on, I'd watch it.
1: Yeah. And it's on Amazon Prime and I think a few other places for free. So if you're interested, it's out there.
0: Next time, we will be doing Doug. Yes. Still picking the episodes uh, for sure, but that will be posted on social media.
1: Yep. And Doug is a cartoon from Nickelodeon that I actually liked and watched. Drew basically watched all of them, but this was one of the few that I loved.
0: I loved them all. They were all great, (laughs) but Doug is a good one. And I have a lot to say about like some of the characters in Doug and their backgrounds, maybe. Can't wait. Oh, yeah, it'll be great. And so we'll (laughs) get into that one next time. In the meantime, um, please uh, subscribe and leave us a review on whatever podcast medium you you listen to. Those are very helpful. We can read reviews and whatnot if we get some more of those.
1: Yep. Reviews help us kind of game the algorithm and get more exposure to other listeners. So those would be very helpful if you have a few minutes. And otherwise you can also follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram. We're TFGIF podcast and feel free to send us an email as well. TFGIF podcast at gmail.com.
0: Yep. So that is it. I think.
1: Yep. I think, I think that covers everything.
0: Okay. Well, uh, until next time. Bye. Bye.